Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. And today we're going to be talking about building critical thinking skills and organic curiosity with rabbit trails and enchantment in literature with Hide the Chocolate CEO, founder, Dechelle McVeigh, and author of Literary Adventures for Kids. Dechelle is a homeschool mom of three, and she shares her stories behind naming her blog Hide the Chocolate, her experience homeschooling, and why she authored Literary Adventures for Kids. We will also be discussing solutions to make homeschooling easier. She talks about ways her curriculum brings culture, context, and history to life, which fosters lifelong learners, and how to add enchantment into your lessons for a magical experience. Go grab your coffee, go grab your tea, and a pen and paper, because you're not going to want to miss what Dechelle has to say. Let's get into the podcast. Today, our guest speaker is Dechelle McVeigh. Say hello to all our listeners. And can you tell us something you think most people don't know about homeschooling? Well, thank you. I'm very excited to be here uh, and talk to you today. So yes, I am uh, the owner and writer at HideTheChocolate.com, where I talk about our relaxed Charlotte Mason homeschool in a literature-based type homeschool. I'm also the owner of Literary Adventures for Kids, where I write language arts curriculum for all ages of homeschoolers. And that kind of brings me to the answer to your question. (laughs) So I find this very intriguing that a lot of the times I get told, especially since, um, you know, we had the pandemic and so many people came into homeschooling that were totally new to homeschooling is the question is always, well, I need accredited curricula. Is your curricula correct? accredited? And the answer is no, mine isn't, but the truth is none are. Um, And that's a big thing that people, I think, especially coming out of the public school system or traditional school system is they think we need this accredited thing. It just doesn't exist. And I'm not being snarky about it. It literally doesn't exist. There are such things as accredited schools. So you could sign up for a school program and go through that school. Um, But there is no such thing as accredited curriculum. The great thing about that, though, is that gives you the awesome freedom to choose whatever works for your kid, whatever works the best. And that might mean it's totally different from the next kid, but also it means you can create something that works for your kid too. So that's kind of how I got into it. And pretty much every curriculum (laughs) writer I know in the homeschooling world got into it is we started creating things for our families and realized that we were good at that certain subject and, and, and went forward and created a business for it. But I encourage all homeschoolers to create what works for you if that means buying a lot of different curriculum from a lot of different ways and places or if that means creating your own thing that is such a powerful statement that you just made because i really do believe people don't know that schools are accredited not curriculum You can choose whatever curriculum as a teacher and me, I'm given a framework of what I need to teach, but I can choose whatever work goes in there. And a lot of it is just, you know, things that I get on the internet articles that are not accredited. Right. School is accredited, but not the curriculum coming in. I believe that's going to free a lot of parents. That's a huge thing that I think a lot of people don't know your blog what is your blog focus on like you you talking about a couple of things that you created into a business so let's let's hear more about your blog and what it is that you are focusing on with when it comes into the homeschooling arena 
Okay, so when I started uh, writing on Hide the Chocolate, it was mostly just to share some of the fun things that was going on in our homeschool years and years ago. And um, I was sharing about, we, I call us a relaxed Charlotte Mason homeschool and just meaning the Charlotte Mason philosophy is very literature based. So we take what we like from it and we use that. And I'm not by any means a purist. So don't come to me saying, you didn't follow all the rules. I don't follow all the rules. Again, I'm a rule breaker. <laughs> um, but I was sharing a lot of what we do. And I'm a huge fan of literature, obviously, language arts curriculum company. And I was sharing a lot of what we were doing, hands-on homeschooling, really adding enchantment to our homeschool. Because we started off like everybody else does, like following the way that you think you have to homeschool because you were schooled in a certain way. And so you think you have to follow that pattern. And you really, honestly, that's pretty normal because you don't know anything differently. And for me, I was an educator um, in the traditional school system. So I was following that set of rules. I, when I started that in the homeschool world, one, that was mom telling their kid to do that. And that didn't go over so well. And two, what was the point of some of the things that I did, you know, I followed certain rules because I was teaching to a group of 20 or 25 kids and I needed to keep everybody together going along in this certain system. And I really couldn't help as much with the kids who were falling behind or ahead. I had to really stay in the middle. Now, it doesn't mean I didn't help them, but you know what I'm saying? You had to stay in the middle and get everybody moving the same pace. And in your homeschool, you don't have to do that. You can cater to your children and make it work the best for them. And so I think that that's one of those things that I realized. And then I thought, I need to tell them everybody else this. You can, you can change these things. You can do things differently. So I started adding what we call enchantment in and had the chocolate. And it's just like fun things like more hands-on things. It can be little simple things like, you know, milkshake Monday or science smooth and smoothies or whatever you want to call it or math and muffins. Or it can be more elaborate, which is what I do a lot of is um, uh, book clubs. And so get together and having big parties and things that are revolve around unit study or a book. And so I was doing that all the time. And then I started this business because one of my friends said, you should do this for business. And I did. I created Literary Adventures for Kids where I show moms how to do that. And you can either create your own or you can go the easy way out, <laughs> which I love easy way outs, and just grab one of mine and <laughs> book clubs. And then you can uh, just see how you can add the enchantment in there, and, in there and make something that seems so unpleasant. Like when you tell your kids, oh, we're going to do grammar today, or you're going to have to do a writing project, or you're going to have to read this book. You can make it fun and exciting. And then that's just the, my goal is to show parents that education can be fun. It can be something that's inspiring and it doesn't have to be a chore or a checklist that you have to follow. That is so true. School should be extremely you know what? I'm going to take the word out of school, not school. Oop, let's take that out. Education. Education should be fun. And I do believe that education has not had that reputation in a really long time. I believe no. that I don't know where or how it was taken away, but I remember when I was younger, I was full of wonder and enchantment about everything. I was curious about everything. I always was thinking something great's going to happen today. I didn't know what it was. And I had those feelings way into my 20s, way into my 20s, even to my 30s. You know, I don't believe a lot of children today, I can say, have that. I don't believe that, you know, a lot of them have that right now. And somehow it's just like stripped away. I'm a teacher in the public school system. 
system. It's not that we don't work with the people, the, the students that are struggling, and it's not that we don't try to challenge or give challenging work to the ones who are excelling, but the majority of our focus is gotta be to the average of the class. Right. And it's and it is sad and you're right. Parents have the opportunity to create their education, their lifestyle around that education. And who is to say what is supposed to be right? Why can't they do road education? Why can't they do outdoor education? Why not? Yeah, and that's the that's the great thing about homeschooling. And the thing that surprises so many people when they first start homeschooling is that they have so much freedom. It's a little scary. You have so much freedom that you don't know what to do with it. And then you panic and think, well, my kid's not going to succeed because I'm doing all this crazy fun stuff. But if you think back to your childhood and your education and the things that you remember, those are the things when that teacher stepped outside the box and she did something or he did something that was not sitting at your little desk, reading your little book, writing your work, but it was something that got you excited about it. I mean, I remember in second grade going into the school cafeteria, I went to a tiny school, going to the cafeteria and learning about the simplest little science project of, you know, where you take the salt water and you and you put it over the stove and it does all the water comes out and you're left with salt. And I was like fascinated. I still remember this. And I'm not going to tell you how many years ago that was, but let's just say <laughs> it's been over 30. Um, it's been over 40, maybe. But anyway, so that was a long time ago, but I still remember that because we were outside the classroom doing something that excited me. And I, and I remember going on field trips and going to plays and dramas and all these things. And that is slowly eroded from the school system because we don't have time for that. We don't have time for that. We got to do this and we got to test and understand that we need something that shows that these kids are learning. But in the process, we've taken away the learning. Education is no longer fun. And I remember teaching kids and I would be so sad because they were brilliant children, but they weren't brilliant at writing down things on this test. And they never tested well, but I knew they were going to do okay in life. And they were doing great in life because they were hands-on people. They learned like that. They could put together any kind of motor or engine, but they couldn't answer the questions on the test to get them that good grade. And so it just made me so sad. And that's why I think that if we change the way we educate, kids are going to learn so much more, especially if they're excited. I mean, when's the last time you learned something just because you wanted to uh, as an adult? You didn't, you don't, you don't necessarily learn stuff because you have to. I mean, sometimes we do, but a lot of times we get excited about something because we want to learn it because say we're going to go to France. We want to learn some French so we can talk to people. That's exciting for us. It should be like that for the kids that they want to learn because it's something new and exciting. Yeah. And children are natural learners. So the fact that those feelings and that excitement for learning is gone really says something about what has happened within our institutionalized school system. Very true. What was your inspiration for creating, you know, Hide the Chocolate? I, I love the name number one. I think that is probably, it actually builds a lot of curiosity. Like, what do you mean Hide the Chocolate? Like, where'd it go? You know, so. <laughs> it's more like Hide the Chocolate from those little sweet darlings that would eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been known to hide Nutella in, let's see, dresser drawers uh, with my underwear <laughs> and random places. <laughs> my husband will walk in and go, why is there Nutella in here? Don't talk to me right now. I'm having a moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So is that where the name came from? That is where the name came from. <laughs> I'm a chocolate person and I do hide it for my children. <laughs> That's hysterical. So can you take us through like a... um a day in the life of your curriculum, like what would it look like for someone to walk their child through maybe just like a day of 
instruction? Okay, so the biggest thing about what I do is I want to show kids that reading a book should be fun and interesting. And, and honestly, you should get something for every book you read. Even if you get to the end of the book and you say, I hated that book, that was an awful book. And trust me, there are plenty that I've read that I hated. And uh, they always, people always ask me, what's your book that you hate? Well, you'd be surprised. But, uh, but the, you know, the, what we do is they read something of the book and we're going to have some grammar in there. We're going to have some spelling. We're going to have vocabulary in there, but we're going to have it as it integrates into that book. So it's not just a random, we're going to have a spelling test on these 10 words. You know, we're doing copy work, we're doing dictation and this, and it goes along with the book. So if we study grammar that month, it may be something like we pull out some copy work of that, uh, a passage of that book and say, okay, let's find all of the, you know, little kids, maybe let's find all the nouns in this. Older kids, it may be something, you know, higher level grammar. And then we're going to go on rabbit trails. This is my favorite part. This is where we really start digging in and understanding and making connections to the literature. And how we do that is just simply like, for example, I recently wrote a book about, um, wrote a book club about revolution is not a dinner party. And it's an elementary book that's set in China during um, the revolution in the seventies. And so we talk, sixties and seventies, we talk about China, we talk about, you know, the different people that is men are mentioned in that. So like parallel things. So they're understanding this little girl who's living through this cultural revolution and why it's happening. You know, what was the historical things that made that and where is China today because of it? You know, different things like that, that brings on that. Then we'll have like maybe what we call magic dust, which is a, which is a hands-on exploration. So we might, she might've talked about eating sticky buns or something along that line. So we'll, have a recipe for that, you guys at home make that. Or it could be something like one of them, um, she made a kite in one of the books. So we walk through the steps of how you can make your own kite at home with things that you have around the house. So we do that every week. We kind of go through those steps of things of really making those connections to the, the literature. And then at the end of the month, we're going to have like a writing project that has to do with that book. That we're going to pull out some things, either the way the book was written by the author or some type of thing that we pull out from there. And then we're gonna have um, a party school, when I call it, which is where we have, I'll give you a list of foods, I'll give you a list of things to do to decorate, and I'll give you a lot of activities and you can invite your friends over, you can invite your family over, you know, people who've read the book with you maybe that month, that's how you can start book clubs in your community. Or you can just invite grandma and grandpa over to, you know, learn about what you learned about you know, for example, this one, the China Chinese Revolution. So we do all these things to bring the connections into literature. Some people might want to call it a unit study, but it's really not. It's really focused on the novel that we're reading at that time. That's really dynamic. Wow. So I'm going to just uh, trail back really quick, no pun intended, back to rabbit trails. <laughs> I believe a lot of people don't they kind of like steer away from rabbit trails because they're afraid of where it's going to go. But you have taken it and you've capitalized on it and you actually make it part of the curriculum. That's amazing. Yeah. I, we encourage it because our, the whole point of literary ventures for kids is to, well, twofold. One, we want kids to enjoy literature and enjoy reading, but two, we want them to become critical thinkers. And I don't want to tell them what to think. I want them to think about things. So for example, in our high school book club, in that same time that we were doing, we were coordinating our world literature. And so we had high school and elementary books that went with the Chinese revolution. Well, the uh, high school book had abortion in it. 
that's a really steep topic that lots of parents don't know how to bring up to their children. Right. Now, I'm not going to tell you which way that book's uh, laid on, <laughs> whether it was good or bad. Yeah. Because that's your own personal views with your own children. But the fact that it was in there and it made it and put it in there in such a very matter of fact way meant that my daughter, who was reading this book along with me, started asking me questions and we started talking about it. It's not easy for a parent to walk up to their teenage child and say, let's talk about abortion, because immediately when you say that, that kid is going to go, we're not talking about that, mom. Nope, 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 nope. Right. (laughs) But when she's reading that book and she's saying to me, hey, look, this girl, let's talk about the situation. I could talk to her about something and see how she felt about it, kind of, you know, get these ideas, let her think about it in a way that I couldn't have done if I was just bringing it up to her. So that's a huge point of what we want to do is we want to create critical thinking where kids are thinking for themselves. I'm not telling them what to think. I don't give them the answers. I make them think about what the answers are. And that builds curiosity too. Like that builds organic curiosity and you're bringing real life connections so that they can deal with real life, (laughs) which is what education is supposed to foster, how we work and how we are able to live in life. Mm -hmm. Something else I wanted to point out, you had said the the little girl made a kite, we created a kite, that's engineering. So you bring a point of engineering, like a lot of people don't realize that engineering is when you construct things together. So when I mean, it doesn't matter what you're constructing, it can it can be a construction of anything with any kind of material, that is a form of engineering. Mm -hmm. And when you're cooking and you're making the things, you're literally bringing um, cooking chemistry into that. So you're literally tapping into different disciplines within the literature, making it a really holistic learning. That's amazing. And that's, you know, that's a goal because one, I think if you do all of them, then you're, you're getting all those different ways of learning. But there are some children that education is different for them. I have three kids. Uh, And the two of them, I'm still homeschooling. They're in high school. Um, My eldest one is graduating. But those two, they learn so completely differently. One of them can read something. She knows it. She's got it. The other one, she can read it six times and she's trying to get back to it. But if she does it, if she touches it, if she does something with it, she's got it forever. So it's kind of funny to me because they're like their parents. That's the way we learn. <laughs> My husband is a doer. I'm a reader. Um, so, you know, you if you get them all these different ways to learn, that if something doesn't stick one way, you know, there's another way to help you build on that. And to, to attest to that, you're absolutely right. So when I was in high school, I couldn't understand history, not even a little bit. Like I... I graduated high school. I don't even know how I graduated high school with with the history that I learned because I don't think I remembered anything. But I got to college and I took this art history course. And every, literally every category and every discipline that I could not get in high school about history, I learned it through art history, understanding the paintings, why they were painted, when they were painted, the years stuck to me, the understanding of why they had to use certain paints during a certain era because of finances or whatever was happening. I mean, the de- decoration, like the Rococo and Baroque periods, I understood it all because I'm, I'm very artistic. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, this 
make sense, you know, but the other way of <laughs> yeah. learning it, it didn't make sense to me. It just giving me dates, like random dates and events just didn't, it didn't click. But when I put it to a painting and I would see the Royal family, or I would see the type of painting or why they were painting it, everything made sense and it really made things come to life i love what you're doing with your curriculum that is so much fun and honestly like as you as i look at it i would love to be able to do that even in my own classes but it, like again it's it's difficult because you i don't have the opportunity to really cater to one or two or even five kids right like even if if i'm a, if i was a parent of five kids it's very hard to do that um, in a classroom of 36 or 30 right. or even 10. And also because they're all different kids and they come from different walks of life where these five or four or three or two, whatever, they all come from the same household, even with different learning learning differences. Like one can read and know everything and one has to touch it and feel it and do it and be a doer. It's still way, oh, I love this. This is this is fantastic. Um, I mean, this is the, that's the great thing about homeschooling is you can, like I'm saying, the whole point of it is you can make it what you want. I made it this way because this worked for me and this worked for my kids. And that's another thing, a point is people think, well, we got to cater to our kids' learning style. You don't have to cater to your kids' learning style. I mean, it is great that you can do that and should do that in certain ways, but also you need to remember the parents because we're the teachers. We're not used to being the teachers to our children, but we need to make sure that that works for us. So there's times when, you know, I bought a curriculum. I was just like, I remember one of them. I was like this amazing curriculum. And I was so excited about it. And my daughter actually enjoyed it, but it was one of those things where I was like, oh my gosh, do we really have to sit here and do this again today? It was just had insane, like 4 million parts to it, you know, and it was always so many 4 million parts to do. And I finally was like, I can't do this anymore. And she was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> so we, <need> <laughs> we can do this as parents. And that's why I say, when you go into literary adventures for kids and you, and you want to do this book club, but then there's something like there's a science experiment and you hate to do science experiments or there's cooking and you don't cook then don't do it. Skip it. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You can move on. You don't have to do it. If, if it's too much stress for mom, then don't do it. But you can, you make it the way you want to. But I, I totally agree with you on the whole, you know, you can't do this in the traditional school system. I tried to a lot when I taught traditional school and I would do like the fun things to get the kids excited. But yeah, you're right. It's hard to do in a large group. But I will say this, we do these book clubs every month with our homeschool group. So we'll have once a month, I'll have about 20 or 30 kids show up and we all do these things together. And it's, it's a great way for kids to socialize because you can always get the socialized question. Um, which really is important in middle school and high school because they do start to really want to be with their friends more. But it's also just a great way for everybody to come together and give their ideas and their points of views. And it's so funny to see them do a project and see how many different projects we get from it. So I encourage parents to do the you know book club because that's such a great way for the kids to have fun together. Now on to, to that, like, can parents also like, let's say they want to do the book club. You said that parents can also do the book club on their own. Is that correct? Well, you know, funnily, I do have some parents who are doing the book club on their own, but actually I have some people who are not even parents who are doing the book club on their own, but um, yeah, so they can. So for younger kids, I say parents work together with the, with the kids, older kids, high schoolers, generally they're going to do their stuff on their own, but I always tell the parents go through the courses and look through them first. Uh, especially because we all have different opinions of what our children are ready for. So we don't shy away from banned books or books that have issues in them. Um, we 
actually encourage that. I try not to get, you know, some, you know, I'd, I'd avoid vulgar things or whatever, but there's going to be books in there. They're going to have some things in there that you may uh, feel that your child's not ready for, I guess is the best way to say it. So I always encourage parents to go through it, but it's, it's good to them to work together, at least go through and see what the magic dust is. See what, cause sometimes it's a field trip and the parents need to be involved in that. And in that, like I said, it's a great way to start these these big conversations with your kids if we talk about a subject that maybe is a little sensitive or a little controversial. That's really good. Would a parent be able to, let's say, do the book club like an online situation in the event that they have maybe friends across the country that they maybe they don't see as much, but that's like their one way they'll mm -hmm. be able to communicate with them? So we have done that. Uh, and uh, we used to do it with our cousins who are living in another state. We do it, uh, have our local thing, but actually with Literary Adventures for Kids, we have a live book club. So if you walk through the book club that we're doing, like this year, we're going to be doing all American classics. So we, we actually have a live book club where the kids all come together and we do the activity, the writing project or whatever together. But I strongly encourage families, if especially if you have families that homeschool that you know, like I said, we had cousins in South Carolina and we're in Tennessee. So that's a big span. We couldn't get together <laughs> whenever we wanted to. So we would get on Zoom calls. Um, actually, back then it was probably FaceTime, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that was before Zoom. <laughs> yeah, it's Skype, seriously. And uh, we would get together with them and have book club and they would have their little snacks and stuff and their book with them. And we'd have our different sites. Sometimes we dressed up and, you know, the different characters. So yeah, I definitely encourage that. Absolutely. That's so creative. There's so much creativity there. I love it. This might sound like a silly question now that I, we've done so much talking, but I'm going to ask it regardless. Who would benefit from this curriculum? What type of student? Honestly, any student would benefit from it. We, like I said, we make it to where it's available to any kid. Like we, I had, was talking to a parent just last week whose child she thinks might be dyslexic or dysgraphic or something like that. She's not really sure. And I was said, you know, it's not cheating to use an audiobook. It's perfectly acceptable to use an audiobook because we have different things that are required writing in there. You can adapt it to anything you want, but we try to keep things to where there are different ways of learning. So all the, the kids can um, get in there and like I said, they can do the rabbit trails, which are a lot of videos. Um, or they can, you know, the reading, they can use an audiobook if that doesn't work for them. And then of course we have the hands-on stuff that works for the hands-on kids. I will say the biggest issue is going to be the parent. So who is my, who is the parent that's going to buy it is the parent who is wanting to add that little extra enchantment to their, uh, homeschool. They want to make education fun, or they may have a kid who just really doesn't want to read. And this will add that little ex more excitement to it, to give them that little incentive to want to pick up a book because not all our kids are readers. So, you know, a lot of them don't want to pick up a book and read it. So this gives them that little bit of excitement. So parents, it's more of what do you want to put into it? Now we try to make it as easy as possible for parents, but in, you're educating your kids. So at some point you're going to have to figure out what they're doing, <laughs> kind of aid them some. So we make it as easy as possible by giving you all the things, but eventually that parent might have to help their kid cook the whatever, or have the book club or have to clean the house so the kids can come over for book club or whatever. So I would say it's not for the parent who wants their kid to just do workbooks and do the checkoff list. That's not what we're there. We, we will check off all your things for language arts, but we're not a checkoff uh, workbook kind of thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> nice, sure. nice. And you know what? Yeah, that's awesome. So I was reading here about one of the testimonies. They said I'm ecstatic about this online book club. I actually hadn't read that when I asked the online thing. <laughs> and they said I was blown away by the fun resources and learning packed into an easy to follow online resource. The twins and I are starting <laughs> to are starting it together next week. So that means the parent is that is doing it with their kids. So have you experienced a lot of parents like literally learning with their kids? Oh yeah. In fact, I mean, I do it all the time. I'm sure every parent that homeschools talks about how much they learn with their kids. But yes, a lot of times, especially in the elementary, the parents are going to work with their kids doing it. High school, not so much. Uh, you know, that's just the way nature of high school. I have two high schoolers and they do a lot of their learning independently now. But that was the goal. You know, I, I was pushing them toward the goal of becoming independent learners so that they don't have to rely on somebody else to teach them something. So yeah, I see a lot of parents who work with them. And yeah, our, our program is completely online. So, but it works on any kind of, you know, laptop or iPad or whatever you have, or even on your phone, if you want to do that, it'd be kind of small, but you could do that. And it, it brings in all the different facets of learning. So like you're reading, you're writing, you're watching videos, you're doing hands-on things. So it's, we try to bring in all the different things, but it is an online program. So I know I've had people say, I want to print it out. I'm like, no, you can't print it out. <laughs> There's no way to print that out. <laughs> gotcha. Awesome. So as we're wrapping it up to shell, um, is there one thing you want to leave with parents? One big takeaway? The big thing I want parents to understand is to make a, your child's education what you want it. Don't try to fit into everybody else's mold. Don't try to follow all the rules you think there are. You don't have to follow one type of philosophy. You don't have to follow, you don't have to do everything in the curriculum. I know when I first got a, a, our first curriculum, I was trying to do everything in it until I realized this is insane, you know, and we literally threw out curriculum that first year. But, you know, anything that you, you do to make your uh, homeschool atmosphere as pleasant as possible, because this is your home. So you're with these kids 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I always laugh because I'm like, my husband, he's, I'm like, you're not here 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You do not hear what I hear all day long. <laughs> but you don't want to get, you don't want to start your day with some misery of a curriculum that you hate or doing a bunch of things to follow a bunch of rules just so that you can feel like you checked off the boxes. Ignore everybody else and do what's best for your kid yeah you're you're an out of the boxer and i love it like this whole <laughs> this whole homeschool arena is out of the box and i think that's just something people have to get comfortable with honestly yeah out of the box all the way so <laughs> what is the call to action where can they find your website where can they find your uh resources and curriculum where can they purchase all these things okay literary ventures for kids um, is where uh, all my curriculum is. There are some free courses in there and um, I've given you a link, but if you go to howtothechocolate.com backslash HS Advantage, you can go to all the free courses. So you get one for uh, elementary, middle school, one for high school and a nature book club is for our, really our youngest uh, readers, which is really a lot of fun because it gets you out of the nature for those of us who don't like to get out of nature. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And I will most definitely put all those links in the show notes so the parents can just click and go. Awesome. Well, right. thank you so much, Michelle. It's been a pleasure spending this time with you and just hearing all of your wisdom. Like <laughs> you got wisdom. You <laughs> <laughs> well, you're wise and you have a lot of great understanding and thank you for sharing all that with the listeners today. Thank you. I really appreciate being here with you.
You've been listening to the Homeschool Advantage podcast, where you get the scoop on all the latest vendors that fit your lifestyle. Thanks for listening. Also, follow me wherever you listen to your podcast to stay up to date on the next episode. You can also visit my website where the episodes will be and for my free lesson plan course, which can help you if you have different vendors and you're wondering, how do I make them all flow together? Let me help you with that. And if you're a vendor and you think you would like to be on the podcast, send me an email realedtalk at gmail.com. Leave me your name, contact, website, and I'll get back to you. Thanks for stopping in with me and I'll see you on the next time.